Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. I have one of my favorite people here, Lindsay Tompkins. You were one of my clients, but also just kind of became one of my really good friends um, throughout the past 12 weeks. I know life has been crazy and we've been, been going back and forth, but we've had some really amazing conversations over the past 12 weeks. And I knew, honestly, after the first time we talked, I was like, this girl needs to be on my podcast because I'm not even coaching her at this point. We're just having really productive conversation. <laughs> so um, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Just kind of tell everyone what you do, who you are, so they can get a, an idea of who you are. Awesome. Well, that was like super nice for you to say. I also thoroughly enjoyed our conversations. So yeah, my name is Lindsay Tompkins and I do a few different things, but I have two kind of streams, I would say. One is I'm a social media trainer and speaker. So I travel a lot. I go to conventions. I have like online training courses. So I really help small business owners and entrepreneurs, bloggers, uh, network marketers learn how to use social media to build their business. And then I also teach heels dance and teach children's dance as well. So dance has always been a really big part of my life. And I always kind of thought I had to choose one or the other that you couldn't do two things. If you wanted to be really successful, you had to have one label. And I've since learned that that is absolutely not true especially with if you're being honest in both avenues, because what happens is that you create one solid brand and that you get to do multiple things under that umbrella. And my sort of brand or mission is to allow women to step into, you know, the roles that they want to be, who they want to be, and really fall in love with their body and who they are in the process of really sharing that vulnerability and that shame. So even in like my social media courses, yeah, I go through like technical things for sure, but a lot of the content is around being vulnerable and like finding out what your shame is because your shame becomes your passion. And that is how you actually attract people online. And obviously, you know, I, I'm sure as many women listening right now, body issues are something that has led us and either led us or held us back in a lot of uh, what we do in life and has a really big role in where we are whether that's, you know, in acceptance or holding back from something. So that's kind of been my umbrella mission. And so I'm trying to help young girls to adult women through dance, learn to explore their bodies and to do it in a shame-free space while teaching other people to be successful online. Yes, I love it. And that's one of the first things I noticed about you when we were talking, because dance is often something that does cause a lot of body image issues in women. It's just one of those sports and those communities that really values smaller women and it puts a huge value on what your body looks like. And so just naturally dance, a lot of dancers do have body image issues or eating disorders. And so when you told me that like you really want to change that community and it's something that you really teach your girls to just love themselves and embrace themselves. And you don't, it, you don't have to be a certain size to dance with you and all that stuff. Like it just made me so happy because you are, you are a part of this movement in, in so many different ways, not only just on social media and with like our, both of our kind of demographics, but also in this up and coming era and, and allowing not allowing dance to not have that label and allowing girls to just like be able to feel good and look good and not have to worry about what their bodies look like. And especially at that young age, I think it is so important because I don't know about you, but like, I didn't have any of that when I was growing up. Like I did gymnastics, I did soccer and no one ever, I mean, yes, they did, but it was in a very like cookie cutter. It wasn't, it wasn't vulnerable. It wasn't honest. And I know that's something that you really value is being vulnerable, not only on social media, but with your girls. 
Um, and I'm not, I, I don't, not just me, I appreciate that, but I'm sure the parents and everyone that is involved with that really, really appreciates that because they're probably seeing just like this change in a generation, which I'm hoping we can all kind of embrace and hopefully body image issues can kind of start to fizzle out as we all kind of hop on board this body positive train. So um, let's hop right into body image because I think that's what I want this entire podcast to be based around because I really feel like that's where you thrive and that's where you have the most impact. Not Again, not just with dance, but also on social media. You have an incredible social media presence and you post like I'm always like when people ask me who I who they should follow and who they need to have on their feed to really feel good about themselves you're always in that list just because you speak it like it is so um what are some of the things that you've done over the past few years to really get to that space mentally because it's not easy no it's not and it's funny people will always go back to attributing getting to a place of feeling comfortable with your body with some form of physical change so it's you know when i lose the weight then i feel more comfortable or even nowadays with stretch marks and you know belly rolls and all of that stuff being so empowering a lot of people even push themselves different ways to how can I really contort my body to create a role so that I can be accepted. So we're getting into a really weird space where different bodies are being appreciated, but we're still chasing like the physical um, aspects of like, this is what's going to make me feel comfortable. And I had to really, I had to learn very quickly that those physical changes were never contributing to my happiness, to my self-awareness, to my mental health, because I have been every weight from 120 to 220, depending on where I was in my life. And there have been times that I've been a lot more happy. Like right now, I'm, I don't even know, I don't weigh myself, but I'm definitely more in the like 180s, 190s. And I have, I'm my happiest that I've ever been. And I remember being this weight before and crying every single night saying really mean things to myself. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes mean things still come out of my mouth because nobody's perfect. And, you know, we talk about what we need. So the reason why my social media is so focused on body positivity is because I also need those reminders. And I think that putting a lot of work into the stories that I made up about myself and about my weight, and especially what I thought other people were thinking about me, that really helped me start to break down all of those insecurities and a lot of that shame that I was carrying around because I was assuming that everybody was thinking the same things that I was about myself. And once I started being really vulnerable, really open and honest and having very frank conversations with my partner, with my friends, things really began to change. So the more that I worked on just being honest about where I was, then my relationship with my body really changed because I realized that my body is insignificant. It carries me around. I owe it so much respect. It has, you know, carries such a great purpose, but it does not carry my value. And once I realized that, that my relationship had to be with my mind, then things really started to change for me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's such a mental game. It's crazy. And I, I want to go back quickly to what you said. I, cause I've noticed this recently too. It is, we are living in such a world of like relevance and because bigger bodies are also, like you said, people are placing value on that and they're like, Oh, I really relate to this. And people with bigger bodies or that are really body positive are also getting just as much, if not more attention than people who are smaller. It's like, like you said, people are 
almost trying to be that, but I just, I, I hope that in the next year, two years, we can get to a place where it's almost like, yes, we want to keep talking about it because there's obviously people that still need to hear it, but it's not all we talk about. And it, it doesn't have to be so, there doesn't have to, I want like, I, I say this and I literally posted a picture two days ago, like pointing out cellulite, but like, I want to get to a place where like, I can post a picture of my cellulite showing and I don't have to say like, accept your cellulite. It's just there. It's just a part of me. Yes. And it doesn't, it almost like you don't even have to say anything because it's just, we've got to a, a point where it's just normal. Um, I think that's going to take time because I think I always feel like we're moving forward and then like something goes viral on Facebook and I'm like, nope, we're still like Instagram, like because I choose my space on Instagram, I very much like my people are there. Whereas like you can't really control things on Facebook and you have a lot more like older people and whatnot. Like I remember there was a picture of us not too long ago, me and a couple of my friends went viral and it was us in our bikinis and it was us like embracing our cellulite, whatever. And the amount of negative comments was just like baffling. I forgot that people thought that way. So I think that it is, it is such a mental shift, but also on that note too, you, you do start to take on the things that you surround yourself with. So I'm sure you can agree that like whatever you place in your social media really does affect you. Like it really can, if you place people who look different than you and people that have roles and also don't have roles and have different color skin and different cultures and all that stuff, like it just truly opens your eyes and makes you feel so much more normal and so much more accepted. Um, so one, thank you for doing that on social media for people <laughs> and to like anyone listening, like just go out and follow other people that don't look like you or people that do look like you, people that aren't just like your quote unquote dream body, like people that look different, but also look the same, but also are just like just people, you know, that are sharing their truth and sharing their vulnerabilities. So um, let's go back to the stories. So this is something that we talked about a lot and it's something that you honestly kind of sparked in my head. And I also listened to, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts that have been talking about this recently. I think the stories that people tell themselves in their heads are just so loud. And oftentimes people don't realize that most of the time those stories aren't true. So what, like one, how did you get to the point of like really coming to terms with those things that you were telling yourself? And what advice do you have to people who are maybe in that spot of like, they're just telling themselves and like kind of creating these really negative stories and they're not true. Yes. This is honestly my favorite conversation to have. So we live in a world where everybody is a mirror and it's only us. Like the world that we exist in is like so self-involved and we assume what's going on out there is just, it's really just a reflection of our insecurities. We're seeing things in other people that are really just in ourselves. And I started to realize about so many of the stories that I was making up in my head were false because when I started being honest with people about how I felt or especially what I assumed they felt. Mm -hmm. And very, very quickly, I found out that nobody is thinking about me nearly as much as I assume they are. So like even one example, I one time at lunch, cause I had started working with a life coach and she really encouraged me to be a lot more vulnerable and open with my friends and not so shallow, even though we've been friends for like 10 plus years, best friends. We never really went deep with each other because we're all, you know, holding on to these scary stories that we don't want to say out loud. And so I told them, I have a really hard time going out for lunch or dinner or any sort of meal with you guys because the story that I made up, and that's the key when you are communicating with somebody about something that you are afraid that they're thinking of, that they're doing, it's always really great to start it off with the story that I am making up because it's taking responsibility. 
mm-hmm. because it's my, you know, on me that I have decided that this is what this person is thinking. And then you allow them the opportunity to respond. So what I said to them was the story I make up in my head is that you guys watch how much I eat. Mm-hmm. I am afraid to order like French fries instead of the salad. If I do, I force myself to only eat about half. I'm counting. I'm watching how much all of you guys are eating. I will make sure to not eat more French fries than you. I will make sure that I eat one less slice of pizza than you because I don't want you to think that I'm gluttonous, that I am you know, unhealthy, that I'm this, that I'm that. And I remember their faces. They were like, we have ne- like, what are you even talking about? We have never, not once. I don't notice what you eat. I'm not paying attention. I don't, I'm not looking at your body. And quickly I had to realize I assumed that they were watching me because I was watching them because I was so hyper-focused on comparing myself. And then we start to build this like really false sense of reality within our relationships of what's actually going on. So when I really started to just start blurting out to people what I think, like I am, you know, quote unquote, the bigger friend in my group. And I've said to my friends, I feel like that you think I bring our group average down. And they were just the things that I thought about myself. They were like, we, this has never crossed our minds. And then it allowed them to start to be really open and honest because even for them, they're like, well, you always seem so confident. And it actually makes me feel like, oh my God, Lindsay's so happy with her body and she feels like so amazing. And she's wearing crop tops when I feel like I can't even wear one. So she probably thinks that like, I'm not body positive enough. And you know, I don't love myself enough to be her friend. And we're all thinking these crazy things in our head and absolutely none of it is true. So one of the things that I have done to, um, aside from saying them out loud, because you do want to speak them to your friends, but sometimes we also need to go through this internal dialogue and filter it out so that, you know, we don't want to spend the rest of our lives accusing our friends of things, or, you know, you want to learn and start to do things a little bit more quickly. So one of the things that I do is I can do it in my head pretty fast now, but I did it in a journal and still do it in a journal. Um, but what I do is instead of just, cause I'm a huge journaler, like I think that journaling is so important. Mm-hmm. And even if it's hard for you to journal, I think that you're probably doing it a way that isn't best for you. Like I used to sit down and do the whole sort of like dear diary or a dear yeah. sort of thing. And I felt like it was just way too difficult for me to write. I didn't like writing full sentences. I'm like, my head is going way more quickly than I can mm-hmm. write. So I just, I always felt like it wasn't the way for me, but what I started doing was I would take a journal or a a diary and you open it up so that there's a pay, a blank page on the right and a blank page on the left. And I split it up into four columns across the whole spread. There's circumstance, feelings, thoughts, and facts. So when Mm -hmm. something happens, I write the circumstance. So I'll give you an example One time, Derek and I, that's my boyfriend, we were driving in the car and Derek said to me, "Um, yeah, I could really care less about your tattoos. And immediately what the story that I made up in my head was, oh my God, Derek would think that I, thinks that I'd be more attractive without my tattoos. Derek is really worried about me on my wedding day with him because I have sleeves. 
Derek is concerned about the type of wife and mother I will be in my 40s and 50s with two full sleeves. And I started to spiral. And I'm like, he is trying to tell me that he wishes that I was different and that he'd be more attracted to me, you know, doing something mm-hmm. else. So Derek has learned that I do this journaling. So if he says something to me and I do a blank stare and I grab my journal or my phone, he's like, oh, damn, like, what did I say? <laughs> I'm like, just give me one second. So I put the circumstance. Derek said, you know, he could care less about my tattoos. What are the thoughts? So the thoughts I just kind of said, he doesn't think, he thinks this about me, that about me. What are my feelings? Abandonment judgment, shame. Um, I feel unattractive. I feel unwanted. I feel unloved. Mm-hmm. Then when you see these thoughts and feelings on paper, you start to realize how dramatic you really are. Mm-hmm. And you're like this, he said one little thing. And what that meant to me was that I was unloved. So I went through it all and then I said, okay, what are the facts? The facts are, is that all Derek said was that he could care less about tattoos. That's it. That's all that was said. There's no additional meaning that he put to it. So I obviously brought it up. So I said to him, okay, this is what the story I made up is that you think that you would be more attracted to me and more willing to marry me or love me forever if I didn't have tattoos. And he was like, babe, all I meant was, I, I'm not into your tattoos as an aesthetic. I just mean like, I wasn't, I didn't try to date you because you were a girl that had tattoos. Uh, if you want to get your tattoos removed, don't care. You want to tattoo your full back and do two like full leg tattoos, also don't care. Because the way that you look doesn't matter to me because I love you. And I'm like, wait, so you really love me, but I assumed that you really didn't. And by doing that process of circumstance, thought, feeling, fact, you really start to learn that you're making up so much of what goes on in a day. I remember old Lindsay, I would have been super passive aggressive. I wouldn't have said anything. I would have started to feel really insecure about myself. I would have spiraled. I definitely would have picked a fight, whether it would have been over that topic or something you know, stupid that happened two minutes later. I really would have clung to that. And we are living two separate realities and he wouldn't have understood what was going on. And so we've had to learn how to communicate in that way. So, you know, I, I've gotten a lot better where I don't have to like run to my journal. I'm able to do, usually do it in about 10 seconds in my head. And that's made me respond a lot more slowly, whether that's slowly to my friends, I'm slow to responses on social media, I'm slow to responses on, you know, to Derek, like even if a, you know, a post, for example, doesn't get a lot of likes, you can sometimes even go in your head of, oh my gosh, like this wasn't good content or I get more likes when I post my body. So I should definitely post my body tomorrow to get my like count back up because today I only posted this and you just, you have to write it all out. And once you realize that you're making up so much of it yourself, it shows you that you actually have control over your happiness, over what's going on around you. Because again, we see in others what we see in ourselves. So if you feel like people are being selfish or manipulative or, you know, insecure, it's because you are selfish, you are manipulative, and you are insecure because you're just 
forcing these stories you're making up on other people. So I've found it really beneficial, especially to start it with that, because people can become very defensive. You know, if your friend came to you and said, you make me feel like you're prettier than me, it's, you know, that can really set somebody off. But, you know, to say, you know, for example, hey, Gabby, the story that I'm making up in my head is that I am the less attractive friend and Mm -hmm. that you know that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that you feel a little bit insecure about that, which is why, you know, maybe we don't, I don't go out with um, you a lot with your other friends or whatever. And it's like, no, that's not it at all. Like, and then you can have a real conversation because that's the story that I'm making up. It's me taking ownership and just asking for you to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Hey, this is a story. Can you help me with the places that I have it wrong? Mm-hmm. Full, full responsibility for it. And it's easy to have that conversation with somebody. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much good stuff there. Like I could go down so many just like lanes of this, <laughs> but the biggest one is, is like, you have no idea what someone else is thinking. Um, and even in like Derek's, the, the example with the tattoos, like he honestly told you exactly what he was thinking but because <laughs> of the insecurities that are behind that. It's like, you can take it a completely different way, but in, in actually, like actually in his head, he was thinking this and you were thinking a totally separate, separate thing. So when you can kind of like realize like one, I might not have any idea and I'm wasting so much time and energy, like thinking about this or losing sleep over this or getting stressed about this. When, if you just sat down and asked them like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And this is what I think that you feel. So let's like talk about it. I'm sure I kind of had this thought when you were talking about your friends and like when you had that first conversation, cause I honestly relate to what you said about the eating thing. I used to do that too. Like if my friends were eating and like they got French fries, like I get French fries, but I'd make sure I'd eat like less than them. Cause I didn't want, like I wanted them cause I was kind of like the fit one. Like I wanted yeah, them I'm to a healthy like, friend. <laughs> yes. I wanted them to like keep, I wanted to keep that persona up, but that's bullshit. Like you're, these are your best friends. And I, I'm sure like, how has your relationship not only with Derek, but with your friends I'm sure it's gotten so much deeper and just like the community because then also it allows them to speak their truth because I bet a lot of them like you being able to do this and people listening if you if you do this in your life don't be surprised I feel like if then they start opening up to you and feeling like now okay this is a safe space to like let's talk about the things that we're thinking in our heads and really get to the bottom of what the truth is. A hundred percent it has made my relationships have so much more depth to them. I mean between even Derek and I for example Derek has even said to me, I have never been this honest with anybody. And he has been, you know, so vulnerable about his own insecurities, about what he assumes that's going on in his head. It's made us have really clear communication. You know, me and Derek have maybe bickered a little bit, but we have never gotten into an argument. When I mean bicker, I'm like, slow down driving or... (laughs) Change the toilet paper roll, those sort of things. But I'm used to relationships that had so much drama in them and like really explosive fights. And Derek and I haven't had any of those because the whole time we have learned to be so honest. But the key really is like taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. We're never blaming the other person for how we feel because nobody makes us feel anything. We do that to ourselves. To say you're making me feel like, you know, ABC is a really untrue statement because that's something that we're creating within ourselves and we have to take responsibility for that. Nobody crosses our boundaries. We cross our own. And when we're not clear about them, then that's when things can get really disastrous because people don't know. And that's us lying to other people. So even with my friends, 
our relationship has gotten so much deeper because we have been able to be really honest. And it does take that, you know, first person to start to create that culture. You know, it'll always go one or two ways. Luckily with my two best friends, it's made us a lot closer. It's, you know, even we just recently went to Miami and we had, you know, some big conversations about this. And it's interesting. So one example in Miami is because I do talk a lot about body positivity and like, you know, insecurities, my friends think that that's all that I'm focused on. That's all that I think about all day. And I remember something was stressing me out about work and I was just, you know, thinking about it, it was going through my head and I wasn't really talking. It was nothing against my friends. I was just, you know, needing my own space because I'm somebody who does need some of my own space to recharge. And I went into the bathroom and I just like had a bath and I posted something to Instagram and it was a caption I had wrote a few days before. Cause sometimes I write, you know, and I don't post that exact day and I posted it and my friends later were like, are you okay? You've been so quiet. And then you posted something about your body. And then we're really afraid to put our, like to say, do you want to, um, you know, go to the beach or I haven't been asking you to be in photos with our bikinis on. Cause I'm assuming that you are feeling really bad about yourself. And I was like, Whoa, I'm like, okay. So like, let's slow down. I'm like, I, do you know what? I have as many body, you know, insecurities as the next person, a hundred percent, but I'm actually like very okay with how my body is right now. I'm very okay with how I look and how I feel. And actually that had, you know, me being quiet had nothing to do with what you've assumed. And my friend was like, Whoa, okay. So what happened there was that I have been really stressed out about my body and I've been afraid to be in photos with you because you don't edit your photos and you're okay, you know, look, being at a bad angle and I'm not there yet. So I have been terrified and I've been thinking about it all day. So I've assumed you've been thinking about your body and that's a story that I made up. So us being able to have, you know, these conversations, we've been able to get to things a lot more quickly and it's really stopped us from chatting to the other friend about the other person. You know, we've kind of had this friendship where, you know, I talk to, you know, one about the other, they talk to the other about me and we're, we've been afraid to really confront each other. And now we just have been, and it's, you know, been so much better for our relationship. But I do have to say, I did say there's two ways it will go. One is it deepens your friendship and the other one, it will end it. And I have definitely lost friends throughout this process. There's people that just don't want to go that deep with you. There are people that, you know, prefer to be a little bit more shallow. And that's typically, you need to just remember that that's them being afraid of dealing with their insecurities. It again, has absolutely nothing to do with you, but you have to stay true to where you are in your journey. And I'm at a place where I need to be open and honest. I need to set very clear boundaries I need to stop being a people pleaser. So I have had to, for the people that don't want to dive deep with me, I've said, that's, that's totally okay. I get where you're at. I'm no longer at this point in our friendship. I'm somewhere else. And, you know, just thank you so much for the years of friendship that we have had. And, you know, if you ever need anything, I'm here. If you ever want to go deeper, I'm here but this is a relationship that isn't beneficial for me any longer because it 
makes me go back to my past, Mm -hmm. you know, how I was acting. So you definitely will lose people in this process, but you'll gain people, you know, even Mm -hmm. throughout, before I met Derek, I was losing guys left, right, and center that were really turned off by like how vulnerable I wanted to be and, you know, how deep, how much deeper I wanted to go. But that really led me to Derek and the people that I've lost I know that it it really has nothing to do with me, but it will go one of two ways. Yeah. And I think that there's something so important there because the people listening, I feel like a lot of times, like, especially when I'm giving advice, it's like, I'm really urging them to be the person that opens up, to be the person that does the speaking, to speak their truth. But also you might be the person that has someone speak like their truth to you. So it it goes like, if you are sitting here, like there might be something that you need to say to someone or a conversation that might might need to be had but also be aware that like, if you might be that friend that is closed off and if someone is trying to communicate with you and they're coming from the other side, like Lindsay's saying, like if, if that friend comes to you and they want to go deeper, they want to speak their truth. They want to tell you these things. And let's go back to the, I feel like you think you're prettier than me or I, or whatever, however you put yeah. it. Like I, the story I'm telling myself, if someone comes to you and says that in a very productive way, and like, you know, that they're well-intended, they're not trying to accuse you of you feel like you look, you feel like you're prettier than me. It's, it's, it's coming from a very genuine place of like, these are my feelings. This is, it's a hundred percent me. Like it's very authentic. You also need to be aware that like the way you react does matter. And it's not like Lindsay said, it's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. And you need to make sure that you don't get defensive. You don't turn it into something it doesn't need to be like, this is both like how to be a good how to speak, but also how to be a good listener. I think that people need, it goes both ways because just like, for example, if Derek said something to you, if he came to you and was like, this is a story I'm making up in my head, it goes both ways. Like you also need to be able to be like, not then in turn, make it go back the other way and be like, oh my gosh, well then does he think this about me? Like, oh my gosh. And then you can spiral too. And that's where you can almost see from afar how relationships, whether it's friendships or actual like relationships can end because one person thinks something and then when they try and talk about it the other person then thinks and you're not actually having this like synergistic communication conversation exactly there's four parts of a conversation there is i have a thought i express my thought to you you hear that thought internalize it through your own lens and then you respond and because we all have different experiences different backgrounds different insecurities so many different stories going on in our heads that sometimes, yeah, that translation gets lost and people can be, I'm sure, you know, anyone you've heard it, whether you've been in the conversation or you've witnessed it, you're like, they're not even, especially when you're fighting, fighting about the same thing. They're fighting the same thing, totally different things. And it's, you really do have to learn to slow down and be a really great listener. Because if you go into something, even if you start it with, you know, the story that I'm making up is that I'm the bigger friend and I'm less attractive and I bring the group average down. If they say, no, you're not, you can't then say, well, that's how you make me feel. Or that, you know, you have to make sure that you're listening and taking full responsibility and believing what your friends or your partner say to you, because Mm -hmm. having that conversation with anybody can be really difficult, but we just need to continue to remember that we take full responsibility. And the more that we can learn to love ourselves, then the images that are depicted in the media, then, you know, what happens on Instagram will change. You know, everyone always says it's the chicken or the egg, or does the media lead us or do we lead the media? And I think that we lead the media. I think the media tests images and depending on our response, 
that's what they continue to push. If we were all, you know, didn't give in to the diets or if we had more self-love, we had, um, you know, more self-awareness of what was going on, then we wouldn't feel the way that we feel. And we think that, oh, Instagram makes me feel like this. Yeah. Do I think that there's a lot of things wrong with social media? And sometimes do I wish I could just delete it and like go live in the forest somewhere? Yeah. For sure. But technology is neutral. It's how we use it. It's exactly like you said earlier. It's up to us who, what photos and what accounts that we follow. Like if you are following accounts that make you feel like shit, unfollow them. That's on you. And if you follow people that trigger you, it's not on them. That's just pointing out in you more work that needs to happen around a particular topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A freaking men. Like I could, I could talk, <laughs> I could say that over and over again every single day until every person on the end of the earth, like gets it. Cause like you said, I think also with the whole, like, does it, does the media lead us or do we lead the media? I think it's also changed. I think maybe 10 years ago, the media definitely led us because the media was the media. But now because of social media, we are the media. We are leading that. Like our content is what is getting viral, is go getting reposted. It's not just big companies that are able to get things seen. It's the average person can have something seen. So um, so yeah, just be careful with what, what you create and what you put around yourself and what bubble you create because it's like with your friends. Like, you say like you can't choose your friends, but you actually can, and you can choose who you put in your in your social media bubble and what um, just I guess yeah environment you create. Because if you would have if I would have like opened up my social media feed a year ago or two years ago, it would look drastically different from what it looks like today. Like it used to just be bikini competitors and Instagram models and like diet tips and stuff. And now it's like dogs and interior design and body positive, culturally like different accounts, travel accounts. Like it's very just, yeah, it's much more of like what I actually like to look at, not what makes me feel like I need to be doing something. So um, this has been incredible. I think that there's so much amazing like tangible tips that you can now take and apply to your life, being a better listener, being a better speaker, like speaking your truth in a more productive way. Um, and I think that the the underlying message with this whole podcast is just everyone says speak your truth, but I think this has been a very um, productive conversation on how to actually do that. Cause everyone always says speak your truth, but like, what the hell does that even mean? And I think that anyone listening, if you're still listening, I think that you now have a really good framework. Do what Lindsay said, get a notebook out, do what was it? Say it again. It was circumstance, so circumstance, thought, thought, feelings, facts. Perfect. Yeah. And it's like, do you know what? Even saying speak your truth, speak your lies, speak mm -hmm. all of the lies, speak all of the shame, like dredge out all of that, like icky stuff, all the stuff that you've made up and people will show you really fast that it's not true. That's not what they've been thinking. And you will see really quickly too, that you have been dramatic as fuck. Mm -hmm. that we have created so much shit. So do you know what? Step into your truth by speaking your lies. And once you really map that out with the circumstance, thoughts, feelings, and look up feeling words. That's something I had to do at the beginning because I was like, I feel insecure. Well, what does insecure mean? Like, what do you mean insecure? Like dive deeper than that. Then, you know, I was able to look up words. I actually feel abandoned. Like that's, a, and then when you start to really pinpoint what you feel, you realize how strong those words are over something that somebody said that you took out of context. So 
Yeah. The more you speak your lies, you will find your truth and what's really going on really quickly. I literally just wrote down, step into your truth by speaking your lies. Cause that's going to be the title of this podcast. I'm yes. like, that is, it is especially because nowadays speak your truth is just such a, it's such a phrase that's really, really thrown around. And so I like that. It's actually like, this is, it's almost contradicting, but in a really yeah. beautiful way that like helps you get to that truth. Cause um, people don't know their truth. They don't mm-hmm. know who they are, but they know what they're not or what they think that they are. And so I love yeah. that. Amazing. 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 Well, shout yourself out. Where can people find you? I'm sure people are now sitting here like, where the heck do I find her? I need to follow her on social media. Um, give them all the plugs so that they, and I'll link them too, but just in case someone is driving and can't exactly text right now, um, where can the they find you? The best place to go is my Instagram because from there I link in my bio to all the different areas that you can follow me. Uh, so my Instagram is underscore Lindsay Tompkins. That's Lindsay with an A and Tompkins with no H. <laughs> yeah. So underscore Lindsay Tompkins. But yes, I'll, I'll make sure I'll link it in here and it'll be, you'll be able to find it super easy, but I just want to say, and I just want to acknowledge you for being just such an incredible, like light in this world and beautiful just person physically, mentally, spiritually, all the ways that you do it. Not only again, not in your, in your business with uh, like helping people build their business and with dance and stuff, but also just with social media. And I'm, I'm sure like you don't realize how many lives you affect, whether they're young girls or whether they're in their twenties or if they're in their sixties, like you, you really do touch so many people's lives. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. And thank you for sharing everything you did with the people today. I'm sure that people are sitting there like, wow, this was exactly what I needed today. (laughs) Oh, well, good. And thank you so much for having me. And like, I really encourage you guys that are listening. Don't be afraid to reach out. Like you think that, you know, working with somebody like Gabby, whether it's for, you know, like the mental part of what she does and like that happiness, or even just like the physical part, people think I need to become healthier, fitter, happier before I reach out to a coach. And it's exactly why you need one. And even if you feel like you're already woke as fuck, like still to connect, like, you know, at the end of the day, I still learned so much from my time with Gabby and even from our conversations that were mutual in Mm -hmm. the energy and the knowledge that we were bringing to surround yourself with like-minded people. And I always tell people when it comes to coaching, anytime that you look at that investment, and you think that it's too much of an investment, what it's telling you is that you don't think that your value on how you feel about yourself is high enough. And that's the real problem. So reach out to people like Gabby. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I need some extra help or hey, I need a community to be a part of because being this way is a lot of work. Um, It has a lot of setbacks. You have to really be intentional about it. And Gabby, you are totally somebody that is all about intention, not Mm -hmm. attention. And I think that it's just, yeah, so valuable for people. So Amen. So, so thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And this is not the end of this. Oh my gosh, you're, you've, you have no idea. We're going to talk a little bit after (laughs) we end this podcast, but um, you'll be seeing Lindsay, if you come to a rose retreat possibly, or you'll be seeing her on maybe more podcasts. Um, I'm sure we'll be collaborating in so many ways just because you have so much beautiful knowledge to share. So um, thank you guys so much for listening and I will chat with you guys in the next episode. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. I have one of my favorite people here, Lindsay Tompkins. You were one of my clients, but also just kind of became one of my really good friends 
um, throughout the past 12 weeks. I know life has been crazy and we've been, go been going back and forth, but we've had some really amazing conversations over the past 12 weeks. And I knew, honestly, after the first time we talked, I was like, this girl needs to be on my podcast because I'm not even coaching her at this point. We're just having really productive conversation. <laughs> so um, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Just kind of tell everyone what you do, who you are, so they can get a, an idea of who you are. Awesome. Well, that was like super nice for you to say. I also thoroughly enjoyed our conversations. So yeah, my name is Lindsay Tompkins and I do a few different things, but I have two kind of streams, I would say. One is I'm a social media trainer and speaker. So I travel a lot. I go to conventions. I have like online training courses. So I really help small business owners and entrepreneurs, bloggers, uh, network marketers learn how to use social media to build their business. And then I also teach heels dance and teach children's dance as well. So dance has always been a really big part of my life. And I always kind of thought I had to choose one or the other that you couldn't do two things. If you wanted to be really successful, you had to have one label. And I've since learned that that is absolutely not true, especially with, if you're being honest in both avenues, because what happens is that you create one solid brand and that you get to do multiple things under that umbrella. And my sort of brand or mission is to allow women to step into, you know, the roles that they want to be, who they want to be, and really fall in love with their body and who they are in the process of really sharing that vulnerability and that shame. So even in like my social media courses, yeah, I go through like technical things for sure. But a lot of the content is around being vulnerable and like finding out what your shame is because your shame becomes your passion. And that is how you actually attract people online. And obviously, you know, I, I'm sure as many women listening right now, body issues are something that has led us and either led us or held us back in a lot of uh, what we do in life and has a really big role in where we are whether that's, you know, in acceptance or holding back from something. So that's kind of been my umbrella mission. And so I'm trying to help young girls to adult women through dance, learn to explore their bodies and to do it in a shame-free space while teaching other people to be successful online. Yes, I love it. And that's one of the first things I noticed about you when we were talking, because dance is often something that does cause a lot of body image issues in women. It's just one of those sports and those communities that really values smaller women and it puts a huge value on what your body looks like. And so just naturally dance, a lot of dancers do have body image issues or eating disorders. And so when you told me that like you really want to change that community and it's something that you really teach your girls to just love themselves and embrace themselves and you don't, it, you don't have to be a certain size to dance with you and all that stuff. Like it just made me so happy because you are, you are a part of this movement in, in so many different ways, not only just on social media and with like our, both of our kind of demographics, but also in this up and coming era and, and allowing not allowing dance to not have that label and allowing girls to just like be able to feel good and look good and not have to worry about what their bodies look like. And especially at that young age, I think it is so important because I don't know about you, but like, I didn't have any of that when I was growing up. Like I did gymnastics, I did soccer and no one ever, I mean, yes, they did, but it was in a very like cookie cutter. It wasn't, it wasn't vulnerable. It wasn't honest. And I know that's something that you really value is being vulnerable, not only on social media, but with your girls. Um, and I'm not, I, I don't, not just me. I appreciate that, but I'm sure the parents and everyone that, 
is involved with that really, really appreciates that because they're probably seeing just like this change in a generation, which I'm hoping we can all kind of embrace and hopefully body image issues can kind of start to fizzle out as we all kind of hop on board this body positive train. So um, let's hop right into body image because I think that's what I want this entire podcast to be based around because I really feel like that's where you thrive and that's where you have the most impact. Not Again, not just with dance, but also on social media. You have an incredible social media presence and you post like I've always like when people ask me who I who they should follow and who they need to have on their feed to really feel good about themselves you're always in that list just because you speak it like it is so um what are some of the things that you've done over the past few years to really get to that space mentally because it's not easy no it's not and it's funny people will always go back to attributing getting to a place of feeling comfortable with your body with some form of physical change so it's you know when i lose the weight then i'll feel more comfortable or even nowadays with stretch marks and you know belly rolls and all of that stuff being so empowering a lot of people even push themselves different ways to how can I really contort my body to create a role so that I can be accepted. So we're getting into a really weird space where different bodies are being appreciated, but we're still chasing like the physical um, aspects of like, this is what's going to make me feel comfortable. And I had to really, I had to learn very quickly that those physical changes were never contributing to my happiness, to my self-awareness, to my mental health, because I have been every weight from 120 to 220, depending on where I was in my life. And there have been times that I've been a lot more happy. Like right now, I'm, I don't even know, I don't weigh myself, but I'm definitely more in the like 180s, 190s. And I have, I'm my happiest that I've ever been. And I remember being this weight before and crying every single night saying really mean things to myself. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes mean things still come out of my mouth because nobody's perfect. And, you know, we talk about what we need. So the reason why my social media is so focused on body positivity is because I also need those reminders. And I think that putting a lot of work into the stories that I made up about myself and about my weight, and especially what I thought other people were thinking about me, that really helped me start to break down all of those insecurities and a lot of that shame that I was carrying around because I was assuming that everybody was thinking the same things that I was about myself. And once I started being really vulnerable, really open and honest and having very frank conversations with my partner, with my friends, things really began to change. So the more that I worked on just being honest about where I was, then my relationship with my body really changed because I realized that my body is insignificant. It carries me around. I owe it so much respect. It has, you know, carries such a great purpose, but it does not carry my value. And once I realized that, that my relationship had to be with my mind, then things really started to change for me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's such a mental game. It's crazy. And I, I want to go back quickly to what you said. I, cause I've noticed this recently too. It is, we are living in such a world of like relevance and because bigger bodies are also, like you said, people are placing value on that and they're like, Oh, I really relate to this. And people with bigger bodies or that are really body positive are also getting just as much, if not more attention than people who are smaller. It's like, like you said, people are almost trying to be that. But I just, I I hope that in the next year, two years, we can get to a place where it's almost like 
yes, we want to keep talking about it because there's obviously people that still need to hear it, but it's not all we talk about. And it, it doesn't have to be so, there doesn't have to, I want like, I, I say this and I literally posted a picture two days ago, like pointing out cellulite, but like, I want to get to a place where like I can post a picture of my cellulite showing and I don't have to say like, accept your cellulite. It's just there. It's just a part of me. Yes. And it doesn't, it almost like you don't even have to say anything because it's just, we've got to a, a point where it's just normal. Um, I think that's going to take time because I think I always feel like we're moving forward and then like something goes viral on Facebook and I'm like, nope, we're still like Instagram, like because I choose my space on Instagram, I very much like my people are there. Whereas like you can't really control things on Facebook and you have a lot more like older people and whatnot. Like I remember there was a picture of us not too long ago, me and a couple of my friends went viral and it was us in our bikinis and it was us like embracing our cellulite, whatever. And the amount of negative comments was just like baffling. I forgot that people thought that way. So I think that it is, it is such a mental shift, but also on that note too, you, you do start to take on the things that you surround yourself with. So I'm sure you can agree that like whatever you place in your social media really does affect you. Like it really can, if you place people who look different than you and people that have roles and also don't have roles and have different color skin and different cultures and all that stuff, like it just truly opens your eyes and makes you feel so much more normal and so much more accepted. Um, so one, thank you for doing that on social media for people <laughs> and to like anyone listening, like just go out and follow other people that don't look like you or people that do look like you, people that aren't just like your quote unquote dream body, like people that look different, but also look the same, but also are just like, just people, you know, that are sharing their truth and sharing their vulnerabilities. So, um, let's go back to the stories. So this is something that we talked about a lot and it's something that you honestly kind of sparked in my head. And I also listened to, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts that have been talking about this recently. I think the stories that people tell themselves in their heads are just so loud. And oftentimes people don't realize that most of the time those stories aren't true. So what, like one, how did you get to the point of like really coming to terms with those things that you were telling yourself and what advice do you have to people who are maybe in that spot of like, they're just telling themselves and like kind of creating these really negative stories and they're not true. Yes. This is honestly my favorite conversation to have. So we live in a world where everybody is a mirror and it's only us. Like the world that we exist in is like so self-involved and we assume what's going on out there is just, it's really just a reflection of our insecurities. We're seeing things in other people that are really just in ourselves. And I started to realize about so many of the stories that I was making up in my head were false because when I started being honest with people about how I felt or especially what I assumed they felt. Mm -hmm. And very, very quickly, I found out that nobody is thinking about me nearly as much as I assume they are. So like even one example, I one time at lunch, cause I had started working with a life coach and she really encouraged me to be a lot more vulnerable and open with my friends and not so shallow, even though we've been friends for like 10 plus years, best friends. We never really went deep with each other because we're all, you know, holding on to these scary stories that we don't want to say out loud. And so I told them, I have a really hard time going out for lunch or dinner or any sort of meal with you guys because the story that I made up, and that's the key when you are communicating with somebody about something that you are afraid that they're thinking of, that they're doing, it's always really great to start it off with the story that I am making up because it's taking responsibility mm -hmm. because it's my, you know, on me that I have decided that this is what this person is thinking. And then you allow them 
the opportunity to respond. So what I said to them was the story I make up in my head is that you guys watch how much I eat. I am afraid to order like French fries instead of the salad. If I do, I force myself to only eat about half. I'm counting. I'm watching how much all of you guys are eating. I will make sure to not eat more French fries than you. I will make sure that I eat one less slice of pizza than you because I don't want you to think that I'm gluttonous, that I am, you know, unhealthy, that I'm this, that I'm that. And I remember their faces. They were like, we have like, what are you even talking about? We have never, not once. I don't notice what you eat. I'm not paying attention. I don't, I'm not looking at your body. And quickly I had to realize I assumed that they were watching me because I was watching them because I was so hyper-focused on comparing myself. And then we start to build this like really false sense of reality within our relationships of what's actually going on. So when I really started to just start blurting out to people what I think, like I am, you know, quote unquote, the bigger friend in my group. And I've said to my friends, I feel like that you think I bring our group average down. And they were just the things that I thought about myself. They were like, we, this has never crossed our minds. And then it allowed them to start to be really open and honest because even for them, they're like, well, you always seem so confident. And it actually makes me feel like, oh my God, Lindsay's so happy with her body and she feels like so amazing. And she's wearing crop tops when I feel like I can't even wear one. So she probably thinks that like, I'm not body positive enough. And you know, I don't love myself enough to be her friend. And we're all thinking these crazy things in our head and absolutely none of it is true. So one of the things that I have done to, um, aside from saying them out loud, because you do want to to speak them to your friends, but sometimes we also need to go through this internal dialogue and filter it out so that, you know, we don't want to spend the rest of our lives accusing our friends of things, or, you know, you want to learn and start to do things a little bit more quickly. So one of the things that I do is I can do it in my head pretty fast now, but I did it in a journal and still do it in a journal. Um, but what I do is instead of just, cause I'm a huge journaler, like I think that journaling is so important. Mm-hmm. And even if it's hard for you to journal, I think that you're probably doing it a way that isn't best for you. Like I used to sit down and do the whole sort of like dear diary or a dear yeah. sort of thing. And I felt like it was just way too difficult for me to write. I didn't like writing full sentences. I'm like, my head is going way more quickly than I can mm-hmm. write. So I just, I always felt like it wasn't the way for me, but what I started doing was I would take a journal or a uh, diary and you open it up so that there's a pay, a blank page on the right and a blank page on the left. And I split it up into four columns across the whole spread. There's circumstance, feelings, thoughts, and facts. So when mm-hmm. something happens, I write the circumstance. So I'll give you an example One time, Derek and I, that's my boyfriend, we were driving in the car and Derek said to me, "Um, yeah, I could really care less about your tattoos. And immediately what the story that I made up in my head was, oh my God, Derek would think that I, thinks that I'd be more attractive without my tattoos. Derek is really worried about me on my wedding day with him because I have sleeves. Derek is concerned about the type of wife and mother I will be in my 40s and 50s 
with two full sleeves. And I started to spiral and I'm like, he is trying to tell me that he wishes that I was different and that he'd be more attracted to me, you know, doing something Mm -hmm. else. So Derek has learned that I do this journaling. So if he says something to me and I do a blank stare and I grab my journal or my phone, he's like, Oh damn, like, what did I say? (laughs) I'm like, just give me one second. So I put the circumstance, Derek said, you know, he could care less about my tattoos. What are the thoughts? So the thoughts I just kind of said, he doesn't think, he thinks this about me, that about me. What are my feelings? Abandonment, judgment, shame. Um, I feel unattractive. I feel unwanted. I feel unloved. Mm -hmm. Then when you see these thoughts and feelings on paper, you start to realize how dramatic you really are. Mm -hmm. And you're like this, he said one little thing. And what that meant to me was that I was unloved. So I went through it all and then I said, okay, what are the facts? The facts are, is that all Derek said was that he could care less about tattoos. That's it. That's all that was said. There's no additional meaning that he put to it. So I obviously brought it up. So I said to him, okay, this is what the story I made up is that you think that you would be more attracted to me and more willing to marry me or love me forever if I didn't have tattoos. And he was like, babe, all I meant was I I'm not into your tattoos as an aesthetic. I just mean like, I wasn't, I didn't try to date you because you were a girl that had tattoos. Uh, if you want to get your tattoos removed, don't care. You want to tattoo your full back and do two like full leg tattoos also don't care because the way that you look doesn't matter to me because I love you. And I'm like, wait, so you really love me, but I assumed that you really didn't. And by doing that process of circumstance, thought, feeling, fact, you really start to learn that you're making up so much of what goes on in a day. I remember old Lindsay, I would have been super passive aggressive. I wouldn't have said anything. I would have started to feel really insecure about myself. I would have spiraled. I definitely would have picked a fight, whether it would have been over that topic or something, you know, stupid that happened two minutes later. I really would have clung to that. And we are living two separate realities and he wouldn't have understood what was going on. And so we've had to learn how to communicate in that way. So, you know, I, I've gotten a lot better where I don't have to like run to my journal. I'm able to usually do it in about 10 seconds in my head. And that's made me respond a lot more slowly, whether that's slowly to my friends, I'm slow to responses on social media. I'm slow to responses on, you know, to Derek, like even if a, you know, a post, for example, doesn't get a lot of likes you can sometimes even go in your head of, oh my gosh, like this wasn't good content or I get more likes when I post my body. So I should definitely post my body tomorrow to get my like count back up because today I only posted this and you just, you have to write it all out. And once you realize that you're making up so much of it yourself, it shows you that you actually have control over your happiness, over what's going on around you. Because again, we see in others what we see in ourselves. So if you feel like people are being selfish or manipulative or, you know, insecure, it's because you are selfish, you are manipulative, and you are insecure because you're just 
reinforcing these stories you're making up on other people. So I've found it really beneficial, especially to start it with that, because people can become very defensive. You know, if your friend came to you and said, you make me feel like you're prettier than me, it's, you know, that can really set somebody off. But, you know, to say, you know, for example, hey, Gabby, the story that I'm making up in my head is that I am the less attractive friend and Mm -hmm. that you know that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that you feel a little bit insecure about that, which is why, you know, maybe we don't, I don't go out with, um, you a lot with your other friends or whatever. And it's like, no, that's not it at all. Like, and the, then you can have a real conversation because that's the story that I'm making up. It's me taking ownership and just asking for you to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Hey, this is a story. Can you help me with the places that I have it wrong? Mm-hmm. Full, full responsibility for it. And it's easy to have that conversation with somebody. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much good stuff there. Like I could go down so many just like lanes of this, <laughs> but the biggest one is, is like, you have no idea what someone else is thinking. Um, and even in like Derek's, the, the example with the tattoos, like he honestly told you exactly what he was thinking but because <laughs> of the insecurities that are behind that. It's like, you can take it a completely different way, but in, in actually like actually in his head, he was thinking this and you were thinking a totally separate, separate thing. So when you can kind of like realize like one, I might not have any idea and I'm wasting so much time and energy, like thinking about this or losing sleep over this or getting stressed about this. When, if you just sat down and asked them like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And this is what I think that you feel. So let's like talk about it. I'm sure I kind of had this thought when you were talking about your friends and like when you had that first conversation, cause I honestly relate to what you said about the eating thing. I used to do that too. Like if my friends were eating and like they got French fries, like I get French fries, but I'd make sure I'd eat like less than them. Cause I didn't want, like I wanted them cause I was kind of like the fit one. Like I wanted yeah, them I'm to a healthy like, friend. <laughs> yes. I wanted them to like keep, I wanted to keep that persona up, but that's bullshit. Like you're, these are your best friends. And I, I'm sure like, how has your relationship not only with Derek, but with your friends, I'm sure it's gotten so much deeper and just like the community. Cause then also it allows them to speak their truth. Cause I bet a lot of them, like you being able to do this and people listening, if you, if you do this in your life, don't be surprised. I feel like if then they start opening up to you and feeling like now, okay, this is a safe space to like, let's talk about the things that we're thinking in our heads and really get to the bottom of what the truth is. A hundred percent. It has made my relationships have so much more depth to them. I mean, between even Derek and I, for example, Derek has even said to me, I have never been this honest with anybody. And he has been, you know, so vulnerable about his own insecurities, about what he assumes that's going on in his head. It's made us have really clear communication. You know, me and Derek have maybe bickered a little bit, but we have never gotten into an argument. When I mean bicker, I'm like, slow down driving. (laughs) Change the toilet paper roll, those sort of things. But I'm used to relationships that had so much drama in them and like really explosive fights. And Derek and I haven't had any of those because the whole time we have learned to be so honest. But the key really is like taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. We're never blaming the other person for how we feel because nobody makes us feel anything. We do that to ourselves. To say you're making me feel like, you know, ABC is a really untrue statement because that's something that we're creating within ourselves and we have to take responsibility for that. Nobody crosses our boundaries. We cross our own. And when we're not clear about them, then that's when things can get really disastrous because people don't know. And that's us lying to other people. So even with my friends, 
our relationship has gotten so much deeper because we have been able to be really honest. And it does take that, you know, first person to start to create that culture. You know, it'll always go one or two ways. Luckily with my two best friends, it's made us a lot closer. It's, you know, even we just recently went to Miami and we had, you know, some big conversations about this. And it's interesting. So one example in Miami is because I do talk a lot about body positivity and like, you know, insecurities, my friends think that that's all that I'm focused on. That's all that I think about all day. And I remember something was stressing me out about work and I was just, you know, thinking about it, it was going through my head and I wasn't really talking. It was nothing against my friends. I was just, you know, needing my own space because I'm somebody who does need some of my own space to recharge. And I went into the bathroom and I just like had a bath and I posted something to Instagram and it was a caption I had wrote a few days before. Cause sometimes I write, you know, and I don't post that exact day and I posted it and my friends later were like, are you okay? You've been so quiet. And then you posted something about your body and then we're really afraid to put our, like to say, do you want to, um, you know, go to the beach or I haven't been asking you to be in photos with our bikinis on. Cause I'm assuming that you are feeling really bad about yourself. And I was like, Whoa, I'm like, okay. So like, let's slow down. I'm like, I, do you know what? I have as many body, you know, insecurities as the next person, a hundred percent, but I'm actually like very okay with how my body is right now. I'm very okay with how I look and how I feel. And actually that had, you know, me being quiet had nothing to do with what you've assumed. And my friend was like, whoa, okay. So what happened there was that I have been really stressed out about my body and I've been afraid to be in photos with you because you don't edit your photos and you're okay, you know, look, being at a bad angle and I'm not there yet. So I have been terrified and I've been thinking about it all day. So I've assumed you've been thinking about your body and that's a story that I made up. So us being able to have, you know, these conversations, we've been able to get to things a lot more quickly and it's really stopped us from chatting to the other friend about the other person. You know, we've kind of had this friendship where, you know, I talk to, you know, one about the other, they talk to the other about me and we're, we've been afraid to really confront each other. And now we just have been, and it's, you know, been so much better for our relationship. But I do have to say, I did say there's two ways it will go. One is it deepens your friendship and the other one, it will end it. And I have definitely lost friends throughout this process. There's people that just don't want to go that deep with you. There are people that, you know, prefer to be a little bit more shallow. And that's typically, you need to just remember that that's them being afraid of dealing with their insecurities. It again has absolutely nothing to do with you, but you have to stay true to where you are in your journey. And I'm at a place where I need to be open and honest. I need to set very clear boundaries. I need to stop being a people pleaser. So I have had to, for the people that don't want to dive deep with me, I've said that's that's totally okay. I get where you're at. I'm no longer at this point in our friendship. I'm somewhere else. And, you know, just thank you so much for the years of friendship that we have had. And, you know, if you ever need anything, I'm here. If you ever want to go deeper, I'm here. But this is a relationship that isn't beneficial for me any longer because it 
makes me go back to my past, mm-hmm. you know, how I was acting. So you definitely will lose people in this process, but you'll gain people, you know, even mm-hmm. throughout, before I met Derek, I was losing guys left, right, and center that were really turned off by like how vulnerable I wanted to be and, you know, how deep, how much deeper I wanted to go. But that really led me to Derek and the people that I've lost. I know that it, it really has nothing to do with me, but it will go one of two ways. Yeah. And I think that there's something so important there because the people listening, I feel like a lot of times, like, especially when I'm giving advice, it's like, I'm really urging them to be the person that opens up to be the person that does the speaking to speak their truth. But also you might be the person that has someone speak like their truth to you. So it, yeah. it goes like, if you are sitting here, like there might be something that you need to say to someone or a conversation that might need, be, might need to be had but also be aware that like, if you might be that friend that is closed off and if someone is trying to communicate with you and they're coming from the other side, like Lindsay's saying, like if, if that friend comes to you and they want to go deeper, they want to speak their truth. They want to tell you these things. And let's go back to the, I feel like you think you're prettier than me or I, or whatever, however you put yeah. it. Like I, the story I'm telling myself, if someone comes to you and says that in a very productive way and like, you know, that they're well-intended, they're not trying to accuse you of you feel like you look, you feel like you're prettier than me. It's, it's, it's coming from a very genuine place of like, these are my feelings. This is, it's a hundred percent me. Like it's very authentic. You also need to be aware that like the way you react does matter. And it's not like Lindsay said, it's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. And you need to make sure that you don't get defensive. You don't turn it into something. It doesn't need to be like, this is both like how to be a good how to speak, but also how to be a good listener. I think that people need, it goes both ways because just like, for example, if Derek said something to you, if he came to you and was like, this is a story I'm making up in my head, it goes both ways. Like you also need to be able to be like, not then in turn, make it go back the other way and be like, oh my gosh, well then does he think this about me? Like, oh my gosh. And then you can spiral too. And that's where you can almost see from afar how relationships, whether it's friendships or actual like relationships can end because one person thinks something and then when they try and talk about it, the other person then thinks, and you're not actually having this like synergistic communication. The same yeah. conversation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's four parts of a conversation. There is, I have a thought. I express my thought to you. You hear that thought, internalize it through your own lens, and then you respond. And because we all have different experiences, different backgrounds, different insecurities, so many different stories going on in our heads, that sometimes, yeah, that translation gets lost and people can be, I'm sure, you know, anyone you've heard it, whether you've been in the conversation or you've witnessed it, you're like, they're not even, especially when you're fighting, fighting about the same thing. They're fighting the same thing, totally different things. And it's, you really do have to learn to slow down and be a really great listener. Because if you go into something, even if you start it with, you know, the story that I'm making up is that I'm the bigger friend and I'm less attractive and I bring the group average down. If they say, no, you're not, you can't then say, well, that's how you make me feel. Or that, you know, you have to make sure that you're listening and taking full responsibility and believing what your friends or your partner say to you, because Mm -hmm. having that conversation with anybody can be really difficult, but we just need to continue to remember that we take full responsibility. And the more that we can learn to love ourselves, then the images that are depicted in the media, then, you know, what happens on Instagram will change. You know, everyone always says it's the chicken or the egg, or does the media lead us or do we lead the media? 
And I think that we lead the media. I think the media tests images and depending on our response, that's what they continue to push. If we were all, you know, didn't give in to the diets or if we had more self-love, we had, um, you know, more self-awareness of what was going on, then we wouldn't feel the way that we feel. And we think that, oh, Instagram makes me feel like this. Yeah. Do I think that there's a lot of things wrong with social media? And sometimes do I wish I could just delete it and like go live in the forest somewhere? Yeah. For sure. But technology is neutral. It's how we use it. It's exactly like you said earlier. It's up to us who, what photos and what accounts that we follow. Like if you are following accounts that make you feel like shit, unfollow them. That's on you. And if you follow people that trigger you, it's not on them. That's just pointing out in you more work that needs to happen around a particular topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A freaking men. Like I could, I could talk, <laughs> I could say that over and over again every single day until every person on the end of the earth, like gets it. Cause like you said, I think also with the whole, like, does it, does the media lead us or do we lead the media? I think it's also changed. I think maybe 10 years ago, the media definitely led us because the media was the media. But now because of social media, we are yeah. the media. We are exactly. leading that. Like our content is what is getting viral, is go, getting reposted. It's not just big companies that are able to get things seen. It's the average person can have something seen. So um, so yeah, just be careful with what, what you create and what you put around yourself and what bubble you create because it's like with your friends. like. Uh, you say like you can't choose your friends, but you actually can, and you can choose who you put in your in your social media bubble and what um, just I guess yeah environment you create. Because if you would have if I would have like opened up my social media feed a year ago or two years ago, it would look drastically different from what it looks like today. Like it used to just be bikini competitors and Instagram models and like diet tips and stuff. And now it's like dogs and interior design and body positive, culturally like different accounts, travel accounts. Like it's very just, yeah, it's much more of like what I actually like to look at, not what makes me feel like I need to be doing something. So um, this has been incredible. I think that there's so much amazing like tangible tips that you can now take and apply to your life, being a better listener, being a better speaker, like speaking your truth in a more productive way. Um, and I think that the the underlying message with this whole podcast is just everyone says speak your truth, but I think this has been a very um, productive conversation on how to actually do that. Cause everyone always says speak your truth, but like what the hell does that even mean? And I think that anyone listening, if you're still listening, I think that you now have a really good framework. Do what Lindsay said, get a notebook out, do what was it? Say it again. It was circumstance, so circumstance, thought, feelings, facts. Perfect. Yeah. And it's like, do you know what? Even saying speak your truth, speak your lies, speak mm-hmm. all of the lies, speak all of the shame, like dredge out all of that, like icky stuff, all the stuff that you've made up and people will show you really fast that it's not true. That's not what they've been thinking. And you will see really quickly do that. You have been dramatic as fuck. Mm-hmm. That we have created so much shit. So do you know what? Step into your truth by speaking your lies. And once you really map that out with the circumstance, thoughts, feelings, and look up feeling words. That's something I had to do at the beginning. Cause I was like, I feel insecure. Well, what does insecure mean? Like, what do you mean insecure? Like dive deeper than that. Then, you know, I was able to look up words. I actually feel 
abandoned. Like that's, and then when you start to really pinpoint what you feel, you realize how strong those words are over something that somebody said that you took out of context. So yeah, the more you speak your lies, you will find your truth and what's really going on really quickly. I literally just wrote down, step into your truth by speaking your lies. Cause that's going to be the title of this podcast. I'm yes. like, that is, it, especially because nowadays speak your truth is just such a, it's such a phrase that's really, really thrown around. And so I like that. It's actually like, this is, it's almost contradicting, but in a really yeah. beautiful way that like helps you get to that truth. Cause um, people don't know their truth. They don't mm-hmm. know who they are, but they know what they're not or what they think that they are. And so I love yeah. that. Amazing. 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 Well, shout yourself out. Where can people find you? I'm sure people are now sitting here like, where the heck do I find her? I need to follow her on social media. Um, give them all the plugs so that they, and I'll link them too, but just in case someone is driving and can't exactly text right now, um, where can the they find you? Place, the best place to go is my Instagram because from there I link in my bio to all the different areas that you can follow me. Uh, so my Instagram is underscore Lindsay Tompkins. That's Lindsay with an A and Tompkins with no H. <laughs> yeah. So underscore Lindsay Tompkins. But yes, I'll, I'll make sure I'll link it in here and it'll be, you'll be able to find it super easy. But I just want to say, and I just want to acknowledge you for being just such an incredible, like light in this world and beautiful just person physically, mentally, spiritually, all the ways that you do it. Not only again, not in your, in your business with uh, like helping people build their business and with dance and stuff, but also just with social media. And I'm, I'm sure like you don't realize how many lives you affect, whether they're young girls or whether they're in their twenties or if they're in their sixties, like you, you really do touch so many people's lives. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. And thank you for sharing everything you did with the people today. I'm sure that people are sitting there like, wow, this was exactly what I needed today. (laughs) Oh, well, good. And thank you so much for having me. And like, I really encourage you guys that are listening. Don't be afraid to reach out. Like you think that, you know, working with somebody like Gabby, whether it's for, you know, like the mental part of what she does and like that happiness, or even just like the physical part, people think I need to become healthier, fitter, happier before I reach out to a coach. And it's exactly why you need one. And even if you feel like you're already woke as fuck, like still to connect, like, you know, at the end of the day, I still learned so much from my time with Gabby and even from our conversations that were mutual in Mm -hmm. the energy and the knowledge that we were bringing to surround yourself with like-minded people. And I always tell people when it comes to coaching, anytime that you look at that investment, and you think that it's too much of an investment, what it's telling you is that you don't think that your value on how you feel about yourself is high enough. And that's the real problem. So reach out to people like Gabby. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I need some extra help or hey, I need a community to be a part of because being this way is a lot of work. Um, It has a lot of setbacks. You have to really be intentional about it. And Gabby, you are totally somebody that is all about intention, not mm-hmm. attention. And I think that it's just, yeah, so valuable for people. So. Amen. So, so thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And this is not the end of this. Oh my gosh, you're, you have, you have no idea. We're going to talk a little bit after <laughs> we end this podcast, but um, you'll be seeing Lindsay if you come to a rose retreat possibly, or you'll be seeing her on maybe more podcasts. Um, I'm sure we'll be collaborating in so many ways just because you have so much beautiful knowledge to share. So um, thank you guys so much for listening and I will chat with you guys in the next episode.